When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Today on the podcast, I'm joined by Syracuse women's basketball coach, Felicia Leggett-Jack. I talked with Felicia about returning to coach at her alma mater, growing up in Syracuse, her mentors, and her goals for the SU program. Well, welcome back to another edition of the Inside Syracuse Basketball Podcast, and I can't tell you how excited I am today uh, because we get just a wonderful guest and someone who I've wanted to have on the podcast for a while now, and especially since she returned to her alma mater as the new uh, women's basketball coach at Syracuse, Felicia Leggett-Jack. Uh, it's good to see you. Uh, I lo- I'm really am looking forward to this. So thank you for dropping by the podcast. Oh, thank you. We, you're a legend around here. I tell you, to be able to sit here with you like this, um, I'm the lucky one. So thank you. If you're saying I'm a legend just because I've been around a long time, then there's a bunch of potholes and that we are other legends too. Oh, you got you got over them, around them, you were in them some but you still you still sustain, and that says legend every day. Okay, all right. Well, we all got the scars and gray hairs to prove it. So, <laughs> um. What's it meant to you and what's it been like for you um, since being introduced as, as the head coach here, you know, in a place where you grew up and, you know, in a place where you also went to school as your alma mater? Pure joy. You know, it's, it's really, you know, 22 years seem like just yesterday now, you know, <laughs> it's, it's been 22 years I've been away and, you know, and to come back and feel the love and the letters. I mean, Every day I'm, I'm returning like 10 to 15 letters, thanking people for their congratulatory notes. And it says that, you know, the community um, not only are excited I'm back, they, they, they're receiving me and they really, really want to support what we're trying to create together. And so, you know, sometimes you go back home and it's like, oh, 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 you know, it just seems a little bit better than that. It seems more than that. It seems like they've taken their time to write me notes and saying, congratulations and we're going to support you. I, I just, I'm humbled by it. I'm excited by it, by it. And I'm hoping that I can prove them right. I can only imagine what life was like for you in the days and weeks leading up to your eventual announcement uh, as the new head coach, because I don't really even cover women's basketball. I'm more on the men's side. And I was getting deluged with people <laughs> wanting to know how come they haven't hired her yet? How come they're not doing it? T- please tell me they're not going to screw this up. All sorts. Of stuff. <laughs> so what was it like for you? Were you getting hit with from all sides with people wanting to know when this was going to happen? 
You know, I was really focused on my, on my team at Buffalo. Really? I, 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 I was unresponsive to anything outside of what we were going to do to grow and finish with Buffalo. We just won a MAC championship. Uh, we were preparing to play at Tennessee, uh, the most renowned place to play, and most legendary coach came from there. And uh, we were, we really had our backs against the wall in a lot of ways. So I wasn't going to, you know, put more real estate uh, in my mind that could um, discourage me to be focused. And so I stayed locked into, you know, what we were doing there. And uh, and then what I loved about uh, John uh, Wildhack is that <clears throat> he understood uh, what my assignment was and he stayed away until that process ended. And after it ended, that's when he communicated uh, with me. And that took some time because I had some real questions and concerns and they had some real questions as well. And, and so we had to get through that, that process as well. Did that play well with you that he stayed away? Uh, that was the only way to do it. I think, I think that was a perfect plan because I'm a tunnel vision person and all I care about is what's in front of me. And that's all I can see. And it's not what I try to do, but I'm, Every study that they ever done on me, they said that she's tunnel vision. And, and I thought that, you know, almost he, he almost knew that part about me because he's already spoke with our, our administration at, at Buffalo and said, we're not, we're going to honor her time. And uh, my administration was fully aware that there's an interest level. But for me, I, I just talked to anybody and I just stayed locked on what I had to do. You know, for a lot of folks, the idea of you becoming the head coach here was a fait accompli. You know, that ever since last year, last summer, this was destined to happen. Was it so? Or are you telling me that you really didn't have these types of discussions with, with John Wildhack until after your season ended? Well, it was a process. It was some things that, you know, when you see your, you know, and just getting a little bit of who I am. You know, every job I've ever had, it, I took over this program that it was broken and kids needed me and they needed somebody like me to be a part of their, their space. And, you know, I got the job at Hofstra University. They had already closed uh, the, the, the search committee and uh, I just felt like they needed me to be a part of that search committee. And I, you know, I talked to a gentleman that helped me get in and, and, it, and that worked for me. And I was going to win a championship, a national title at Hofstra, Hofstra University. Let's go. And then, you know, four years later, I see such um, a disarray at Indiana University and, you know, third coach in three years. And, you know, those kids, I, I went to, they, they offered me an opportunity to, to visit. I went to visit. Those kids are running practice by themselves and they were so ready to have somebody coach them. And I just said, this is where I supposed to be. My Hofstra team was doing great. I thought that they can fly on their own. And I, I felt like I needed to go to, to Indiana for a lot of reasons that one I'll share is when I just shared with you and others personal. And we were able to do that. And, you know, Syracuse came up a couple of times. I was at Indiana, it came open and I got all these calls about, well, and it didn't work and it didn't work a couple of other times. And for this particular time, I felt like there was a need for me to be here uh, because of all that went wrong and all that was hard to, to, to actually uh, comprehend. I felt that was, this is the perfect time. And of course, when it came open, you know, I, I shared with the world that I'm interested in coming back and helping my alma mater. Uh, but it wasn't the perfect time. You know, God has a plan. And we go out and have a whole season and we win a MAC championship. 
You know, we were the team that was the least likely to win one. And we found a way to to, to get that other, you know, feather in our cap, if you will. And uh, I think that's what was needed for that, you know, closure at University at Buffalo. So it was a perfect time. It wasn't anything. It is what you have. You have what you have. And you can always look back and say, I could have and you should have done it differently. But I'm grateful for the way it came and the way it is and that we're here now and we, we journey on. Speaking of the way you came to this Syracuse job this time around, job had been open a couple times earlier in your career, after year one at Hofstra, after year one at Indiana. You had interest then, just the timing just wasn't right for you or maybe for the university here? I don't know the answer to that, you know. I know that, you know, I've come from a family where, you know, we, we didn't skip a base, you know, I don't know why I don't even really understand baseball that well, but I do know that you know you're supposed to start at the front, the, 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 the the home run plate, and you go around, you touch every base, and there's some people that that start on second and third. I, our family's never been that family to to do that, and I, there was no expectation on why would they want me to be a part of a leadership role, even though I've done so well at, at this institution. It wasn't an expectation. Some people have that expectation. Some people have gotten opportunities that, you know, because they were who they were as a collegiate athlete, they've gotten opportunities. I was never that person. I never had that expectation. I always felt like, you know, when that time comes for me to get what I'm going to get, you're going to remember my name. You're going to remember my story. And you're going to understand that you were very lucky to to receive somebody like me because I'm going to do the work. And sometimes it's not going to work out. It didn't work out at Indiana. You know, we've got fired there, but we also tied the most wins in the history of the program, too, in year three. And so we're going to learn lessons. We're going to keep growing, but there's no expectation. And I think it's a perfect story to where it is right now. And it is what it is. Yeah, I read that when John Wildhack offered you the job here, that the first call you made was to your husband, David. Yes. Sounded pretty emotional. Yeah. Um, but what was the first call you received? Who was the first person who got a hold of the, you know, who, who called you? My son. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Cause after I hung up the phone, I was like, I couldn't believe it. I guess my husband reached out to him and said, well, mom's got the job at Syracuse and he called me and he was all ecstatic. And, um, that was pretty cool, but it was a, it was a situation where we weren't going to speak about it because we wanted to meet with the chancellor and uh, that took a few days to, to get on, on the schedule for that. And uh, so we all we had was each other. And we just kind of connected with, with our family, my family in, in privacy. Uh, it was two days before I spoke with the chancellor. And that's when the floodgates opened, when the offer came in that capacity. But John and I spoke earlier about this is who he wants and this is what I, what I wanted. And the answer was yes before the contract was thought about because you know, I'd never done it for money. I'd never done it for any accolades of, of any kind. It's just my my alma mater was in need of somebody like me. And I'm here to, to serve that purpose. And whatever came through the, the, the negotiation was what it was going to be because I just wanted to be here to help. And your agent's response to that was, you did what? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, Ricky left is a great man and he had he had to do some stuff for us and stuff. But at the end of the day, you know, 
you know, I always told my my son this and my husband and I, are, we live this, you know, money will come when it's supposed to, things are going to happen. But if you do it because you just want to serve a purpose, you put your head down and do the work, all glory comes at the end. So, you know, and my mom always said, you know what, be careful about money because, uh, you know, it, sometimes you're going to need it. And so I'm like, oh, what does that mean? I mean, she wasn't, she went to college, she was a great lady. She, she's, she's battling Alzheimer's right now, but she always says things that has so much stuff that kind of stick with you for the rest of your life. You care about money, you might, might just need it. So be careful what you want. And so I only want enough to help us have a great life here. And I want this opportunity to, to, to serve these young people. And we were able to get some really fun kids to, to, to join us this uh, and in two and a half months, we were able to sign 10 kids because all we cared about was the work at hand. And that's all we're going to care about is the work at hand. And we're getting a group of community play people that's really saying, you know, I'll help, I'll help, I'll help. And it's just been exactly what it's supposed to be. When you were growing up in Syracuse and when you were playing ball at Nottingham High or maybe a little before Nottingham, how far away did Syracuse University seem to you then? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You know what? It just um, wasn't a thought process. Uh, Mark, um, um, Barbara Jacobs recruited me uh, since the uh, seventh grade. She'd come to all my sports. She would. I, I played soccer. And at Barry Park, she lived across the street from Barry Park, and she recruited me at the fence. I would see this lady. It's like, why is this lady everywhere I'm at? I'm at the volleyball, play volleyball. She's at my volleyball game ever since the seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth. And so it didn't seem far away because I just knew this one woman really, really wanted me to play for her. So I was a top 40 athlete, and I looked all over the country. But it just made sense that this lady just wanted me to play for her. And I felt like it was a, a possibility, uh, you know, but growing up in the, when you're in this five, six, seven, nine, 10, 11, 12 year old age, you look up there and that seemed like 10 miles away. But as you start getting, you know, playing sport, you see this lady who has a chance to give you a scholarship to play the sport. That's when things started to change and say, right, I, if nothing else happens, I, I really think that that's the place I can go because that lady wants me so badly. <laughs> you know, when you were talking about Barb there, it struck me in high school, you played for Willetta Spies, a female coach. Barbara yes. Jacobs comes into your life, a female coach. When you were an assistant at SU, it was Mariana Freeman. You know, a lot of girls in sports are coached by men along the way. You had all these female role models and mentors. What what did that mean for you? No, that wasn't calculated, but I'm so grateful. Mm-hmm. Joanne P. McCauley was my boss at Michigan State. And, you know, Mariana Freeman was a great coach here at Syracuse. And, uh, you know, 
you know, I can't say enough about Willetta Speed. She she was the foundation of what, what I, I am and what I became because what I played under her and, and I had just a mom. My dad wasn't around. Love him, but he wasn't around. My mother raised me. So all women have impacted my life to be this person that I am. So I don't know how to be like this woman, you know, you know, like most women, they got this calmness and this, you know, everything, the women that I, I, I worked under, coached under, lived under, were very diligent and very passionate about saying, we matter, we deserve, we'll fight you to the the end of our breath to let you understand that we won't back down till we get what we deserve. And so I come with that passion and that enthusiasm. And I can, God didn't bless me with this feminine voice. I got this intense, aggressive, masculine voice. And so when I am talking with people, I see people go like this because of the passion that I've been instilled, uh, that has been instilled in me by these amazing, phenomenal women. And I used to apologize because I'm like, I didn't make you want to make you uncomfortable. If you get to know me, you're going to know that I, my heart is open for all love and, and gifting. But I'm not going to apologize for my passion behind what I fight for. And that's because of the people that you've just mentioned. And because I'm in a position to, to, to really be recognized, I bring those names with me and I bring their legacy with me because they impacted me to be the person I am right now, forever, how long that's supposed to be. And my prayer is that the people that I work for, which is my student athletes, that they will be the same way where they don't have to apologize for being their aggressive, a passionate, enthusiastic and loving self. And if you don't get a chance to get to know us, you just assume and look afar, you're going to miss out on something real special, I think. You know, people can get to know you in a way without actually being there because you're 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 out there on social media quite a bit um i i I know where you're recruiting every other weekend because i see pictures (laughs) of (laughs) i see pictures of you with one of your assistants maybe it's sue ludwig or whoever um is that a is that a recruiting calculation or is that just um i don't know part of your personality and style personality style um my last job, I was my marketing person. Nobody p- promoted our program. I had to do it. I'm used to sweeping the floor. I'm used to, and I get here and I got Liv. It's like, I'll say something and Liv will take it to a whole nother level. She's at practice, her and Jack, and they're, you know, they. I have so much help now, but I don't know how to not be me. And me is to self-promote the pro, the young people that play for me and what we're standing for and this great institution and this women's basketball program. So, you know, I still stick, I'm not going to change this blue collar mindset that I have because I'm at this amazing school with all this help. I think that it only promotes what we stand for here. You know, going back to that, what we stand for here and stuff. I remember last fall, there was the coming back together uh, weekend. And you were part of the festivity. I think you were there that night, right? Yeah. yeah. I was struck that night by how many former men's players were coming up to me, telling me or asking me about you. Like, when is the university going to do this? How come this hasn't happened? Blah, 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 blah. And it was like, you know, all these, the legends, like John Wallace and Billy Owens and Derek Coleman. And it's like, they were going to be mad if you weren't hired. But beyond that, I was struck by just the connection, the relationships there, you know, the, you know, 
these guys that played, some of them played after you, some of them played at the same time as you. Uh, but, you know, where does that connection come from uh, where you connect with the guys that are on the men's side? We did the work. When they were here, and majority of them was when I was a student athlete, you would find people in the gym at one o'clock in the morning playing ball. You find them at our parties. You'll find us at their parties. And we'll talk about how we're going to be the best in the, to ever play the game. Not who's going to be the best in the country, whoever the best in the game. And we lived those moments and, and, and thought process together. And we believed in each other. And we didn't have a good game, whether we won or not. You, you wouldn't, you would hear Derek cursing us out. Like, Yo, we're Syracuse. He go and get dunked on by somebody. Yo, that's not what we do. And we, we let it in. We let each other in. And we, it's, it's a little bit different now because everybody's so separate. Everything's so big. We're on top of each other here at Manly Fieldhouse, which now is a, an incredible, uh, different name place, and it's uh, awesome. But we were we we always walked by the halls and saw each other. We saw each other practice. Trackers are running around. You know, we're practicing. We were we were one, and we're going to be one again. Um, but that's what that was about. I'm their sister. They're my brothers, and we we want something. We're going to fight like hell to see if we can help get that for them. I'm so grateful for them. And I'm honored that they still see that, it, that I'm worthy enough to um, come back and be a part of this. But it's just, it's how we were raised through the, the Jake Crowhamel era. And, you know, the Mr. Saladay era that we were family and it's us against the world. And we win every time. And I, I see that we still have that mindset. You know, it's a podcast, so I'm going to take a, a shot here, maybe, you know, asking you some personal stuff. Um, you mentioned your mom earlier. Uh, I've talked with Mike Hopkins in the past about how moving out to Washington allowed him to be closer to his father, who is also battling dementia, like your mom. Yeah. Mm. It's, I don't know how bad your mom is or whatever, but moving back here to Syracuse and being closer to her, how much does that meant to you? And is she aware on any level of, of what her daughter is doing now? Not at all. She knows my name, which is awesome. She knows that, um, you know, I'm her daughter, but, and that's it. She doesn't know I ever played. She doesn't know that I'm coaching here. But I know for the both of us. Yeah. And, and that gives me clarity and that gives me peace. And to know I can go down the street and you know, see her in, in her great hair and kiss her on her wonderful cheeks. And, you know, well, I, she won't kiss me on my cheek. She, every time I try to kiss her on her cheek, she kissed me on my lips. And it's just the most beautiful kiss I've ever, ever received. And that's what we have. And that's our, that's our moment. And that's, that gives me an opportunity to know that, you know, she's still here. Well, hold on to whatever you have. Um, I lost my dad back in February and, you know, we were losing him a little bit at the end as well. So I know how difficult that is. Um, but those moments with her, whether it's holding a hand or stroking her hair, being here in Syracuse has to give you more of those, right? It does. You know, and not only that, you know, I was at a gas station and I was talking to the gas attendant and I started laughing. And a gentleman came behind me and said, you're Lonnie James's daughter. I said, how would you know that? 
He said, I, 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 I heard you laugh. You laugh exactly like your father. I mean, all that, all that is just, I mean, my dad passed away 22 years ago. So all this coming back to Syracuse is so surreal and so exciting. So many thought processes. Every day is somebody different telling me a, a different scenario of a brother or a father or a mother. And I am going to take it all in. And I know that it's a bigger purpose for me to be here. And I'm going to serve my purpose of growing this Romans program into a, a national contention, contending program. That's my word. And that's my, my, my ask to God so that the story can be told at a higher level. But it also is an opportunity for me to reconnect with the people that, um, that brought me here. And my, 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 my mom, my dad, my, my siblings and my cousins and, and my community, the community that, that knew and loved us from when get an opportunity to see us now. Now that you're here, this program's been through a lot. Um, kind of went through the ringer uh, a year ago. Um, how do you feel about it now as you head into your first season? We love it. We are what we are. And we put our book together after all the tears and the sadness and the people left. And it's just two words that come to mind outside of Syracuse. Earn it. We're going to do. We're going to earn it. Okay. Earn it without you feeling sorry for us. We went through what we went through. We are where we are. We're going to hug each other, love each other in the dark. We're going to talk about what's going forward. We're not going to talk about what happened yesterday. And we're going to get on that court. And we're going to tell our story through our play. And then whatever comes out of that is going to be what's great. But we're not going to, we can't go backwards. It's what happened last few years, a couple of years here is, is insatiable. Mm-hmm. But it's over. Every, mostly everybody left. And for that return, they're not anybody kids but mine. And we're going to play for me. I'm a, I'm a coach for them. We're going to get in the foxhole together. And we're going to earn it. We're going to earn your praise. We're going to earn your, your right to say, that's the team right there. And we're going to be excited about our past by all the good, only the good, the final four run, you know, the, the NCAA tournament stuff, the kids that's playing in the NCAA, the people that, you know, a gentleman came up to me the other day when I was out recruiting and said, hey, the kid that transferred to me says that she, you know, went to Syracuse and she got it. She wants the Syracuse degree. And you publicize that. She's my kid, too, because she wants Syracuse, but we want her back. And so all the people that came through here who had sadness, who said, I'm not coming back because of that regime, I'm here now. Our story goes forward. And any type of history that you have here, and you want to be prideful about being a part of this women's basketball program, we open our arms and receive you. We're not going to look at anything that happened as poor or bad. Because that takes away and it holds real estate in our head. And we don't have time for that when we're trying to earn a place in national contention. Um, is it difficult to team build and, and also, you know, put together a roster that's got so many transfers in it? And I know you had to hit the portal given the way the state of the program. We don't know what tomorrow brings, right, Mike? Um, we don't know how difficult it's going to be. All we have is this moment. And the moment I have with my team is on that track this morning at 8 o'clock. And I saw two of our kids go from 9 minutes and 20 seconds. 
for a mile and a half in 927 and 1035. When I saw a kid stop and walk and another kid that finished early go and cross the field to touch her, grab her, and pull her through the finish line. That's what I know today. What I know today is in the weight room, when Coach Ryan got to those young ladies after them dying around that track and, and really almost collapsing through the process, they got back up again and he pushed them and they, they, they found more wings to continue to fly. That's what I see for today. Now, I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. I don't know if we're going to win every game, but I know one thing is for certain that we won the day today. And that's what I'm going to hold on every day. All I ask for them is just give me 1% more every day. And today they surpassed it by leaps and bounds. Tomorrow, I pray that it can happen again. This uh, morning, you had the team out on the track. I, I saw something on social media we ha have to address. Are, are we working on Sue Ludwig's dance moves a little bit? God. Now you're asking for miracles. I try to tell, don't dance. Don't, don't, don't do it. And she's such a cool person. I tell you, I'm on this journey with my college teammate 38 years later. And we're still dancing and laughing and saying, what the heck? And, and we, we got lost in, uh, oh, my God, where were we in uh, Louisville? Because we told a story that happened in 1986, and we just couldn't breathe. We were laughing so hard. And so we just, that's what I'm dealing with now. I'm, in, I'm, I'm on this ride. I'm on this ride with these young people, but I'm also on this ride with my college teammate who we know how to laugh through this whole situation. And, and hopefully our players are going to feel that, 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 that sense of teamness and oneness. You know, today, I, I, right before we started running, I called, I called Vera Jones because we talked about what we, we, we did when we saw each other on the quad. We, we had this little thing. Everybody has sororities and fraternities, and we weren't allowed to do that. But Vera came up with this thing called, we see each other on the quad, we go, shoo, shoo. And we would say it's the stupidest thing ever, I know. But it's still we still remember it and we still and so now the play our players are doing that. And I called Vera, I said, Your legend continues, and 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 I put them her on speakerphone to our team. We are building something here. I don't know what it's gonna mean wins and loss-wise, but I know it's it's laced with family and laced with alumni and laced with kids that get up every day to come back here because they're learning how to feel like. This is our team now. Well, Felicia, um, you know, I'm so happy for you to get this job. It's got to be a dream job and, and to come yes. back to your hometown and your alma mater on top of everything else. Um, thank you for dropping by the podcast. Um, I could talk to you for another hour, but that would be unfair. And probably you <laughs> mentioned Liv earlier. She'd probably start to get a little angry here in a few minutes um, if, if I kept you any longer. Um, so good luck in the coming season. I look forward to following you on social media this summer and seeing where you're recruiting. And uh, thank, you so thank you so much. Thank you so much for your time. And if there's any other color in the world we don't know about, it's all about orange. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Good way to sign off in case any yes, recruits sir. are listening.